And so to lessen another human being's suffering, if only just a little bit, I think that's about all we can ask right now. This is Crisis Cast 2020 with me, Toby Goodman, a podcast where I get timely wisdom from experts in life and business. These guests will answer my five questions, sharing wisdom and insights to help you and me get through this global shitstorm. Today on Crisis Cast 2020, a recovering lawyer, corporate refugee turned leadership coach in a remote town of Colorado talks to me about how he and his family are living through the crisis. I only knew Jeff Munn by name before this chat, but something told me he would be a good guest. And it took me about half a second to realize I was in the company of a man who has done some serious self-work. I actually felt lighter after our chat, and I hope you do too after listening. Jeff was kind enough to share wisdom and insights, and was even open enough to look back on his experience of how 9-11 changed him completely. So enjoy this interview with a man who helps his clients create extraordinary futures. I give you Jeff Munn. Before we start the show, I have something for you if you identify as pod curious. It's perfect for you if you're an expert, consultant or business owner. Maybe you're wondering if podcasting is worth the effort, especially now, or perhaps you've tried podcasting in the past but have been disappointed with the results. In this free guide, Podstar, I'll share the exact seven steps we use to help publish over 2,000 podcasts each month. To get instant access, go to podcastnetworksolutions.com. Jeff Munn, thanks very much for coming on Crisis Cast 2020. Good to have you here. Thanks, Toby. I'm really glad to be here with you. Brilliant. Right. So let's, let's dive straight into it. Where exactly are you in the world, Jeff? Uh, I am in Colorado in the US and I'm about, well, I'm in the mountains about 30 miles from Aspen in a little town called Carbondale. Sounds nice. Um, tell me then in Carbondale, what, what's been your experience so far of, of the pandemic? Well, in some ways, Carbondale is probably different from a lot of places. I used to live in Washington, D.C. I have a lot of friends there and was just talking with uh, a few of them last night. We had a, a Zoom happy hour together. And, um, you know, the social distancing is uh, more intense there, New York, some other urban centers. Here, we're a little more spread out. So you, you, still, you still are looking at empty parking lots everywhere. You know, people aren't going out of the house all that much. But we've also got a lot more outdoors to enjoy. So, um, you know, I try to get out and go for a run or go for a bike ride or try to enjoy the outdoors so I don't feel like I'm just cooped up inside all day. Um, but I think we've had the, the same experience of going to the grocery store and seeing that there's no toilet paper that everyone else has had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's definitely, um, <laughs> that's definitely the theme, isn't it? Like toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, there's some huge stockpile of toilet paper somewhere. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's someone sent me a picture of a um, a birthday cake today, which was a toilet roll, which is awesome. So I think that might be um, <laughs> if we can get through this um, with a smile on our faces. I'm I'm seriously considering that the uh, the four year old birthday party that I have in July might might involve that toilet roll. 
um, <laughs> toilet roll cake if I can convince someone to make it. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, I mean, it's funny because I've been speaking with people in Canada, in Bulgaria, obviously here in the UK, everyone's having, everyone's got the toilet paper, um, toilet paper thing going. Has there been anything kind of specific to your like experience with, with family or, or anything that's kind of jerked you into sort of thinking, okay, this isn't, this isn't something on the news in big cities or what, how, is there anything there at all? I think the concern here is, do we have leaders who are on top of this? There's been some concern that maybe we're not taking it seriously enough, or you know, there's always a part of the population that thinks we're, we're you know, out in the middle of uh, nowhere comparatively. This isn't something we have to worry about. But we've had cases, and you know, the number of cases has gone up pretty rapidly. So I think pe- people are beginning to to take it seriously, which is good. Uh, I think most of the people are, um, you know, wearing masks to the grocery store and, you know, that's the the latest thing in terms of some of the recommendations here. Um, I think for me personally, I'm a coach. I have a home office. I'm used to working primarily from home. I have some clients in person, although those aren't happening right now. I'm doing those via video. Um, But I'm used to being in the house alone. And now I have an 11 year old who's, um, you know, homeschooling in place. Uh, And I've got a wife who teaches Pilates and yoga, and she's doing all that via video now. So, you know, the main adjustment for me has been, uh, unlike some people who are going from being really crowded to being isolated, I'm going from being isolated to feeling like I'm having my, my space impinged upon. And that's been while I love my family, that's also been a, a little bit of a, an, an adjustment to, to get through. Yeah, I can I can relate to that. What, what what are you doing in my house? This is this is this is my time. But yeah, there, yeah, there they are. Yeah. Dad, Daddy needs some space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm there. I'm I'm completely there. So um, you know, you have you have a number of. Uh, experiences as, as someone who's obviously coaching now but you're um you describe yourself as a recovering lawyer you've you've obviously yes. um you've done a few things you've been in the corporate world for 25 years um and, and you've helped a lot of people you've worked with a lot of people um from your standpoint how are, how are the human race how are we going to get through this you know there was this initial panic at the beginning I think that's where the the desire for toilet paper comes from. Like there's this, this core fear of, of survival of not having enough. And, and we all have that as human beings, we all have this, you know, this part of our brain called the amygdala that gets lit up when, um, you know, it's where the fight flight or, or, or uh, freeze response comes from. And I think we've all been going through that. And the, and the question is, what do we do when we get through the other side of that? And so I do think there are some opportunities to think about the world differently, to think about our priorities differently. I know the, um, the clients that I'm working with right now, I'm, I'm thinking of two people in particular who are seeing this as a tremendous opportunity, not only, actually I just thought of a third and, and slightly different flavors of the same story where, um, 
it's like, this is a great opportunity to do some things we wanted to do different and actually take the plunge and do them different. Um, and so that question of what do you do once you start to feel firm ground under your feet again, I, I think that's where we're going to manage our way through this. And, and that's going to be the, um, the opportunity that we all have. And that, and that's going to show up differently for everyone. I think the, the key thing that each of us can be doing as is, is, is human beings in this is just noticing what state we're in when we're making some of these choices. And if we are operating from a place of panic, you know, breathe a little, go for a run, do something to calm down your nervous system. And a lot of times those things that seem so essential just a few minutes ago will actually look entirely different when you're operating from a, from a calm mind-body state. The other side, I think people are going to behave in a more ethical, considered way around the business and, and life they lead? Uh, boy, I, I, I would love that to be true. Um, we, you know, our instinct is to go back right back to whatever we defined as normal before. And so, um, but if we can if even 10% of the population thinks about this differently. And I, you know, I saw, I know this happened for me, the, the other, the other crisis that comes to mind is, is nine 11. Yeah. And I know I asked some big questions of myself and made some big changes in my life after nine 11. I know people who made no changes whatsoever. And I know people that that was a, you know, a, a real, a fork in the road for them. And I, I suspect the same will be true here. Yeah, tell me about that. I mean, if 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 you're open to to sharing that, what 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 did your life look like before nine eleven and and post nine eleven? Like that, obviously, was a, it's a huge thing for the world, but particularly particularly Americans. I've, you're not the first American um, guest I've had compare this to nine eleven. Yeah, there were. I mean, this actually gets a little bit personal, Toby, but. Um, the realization that I had, uh, was I wasn't with the right partner. And so I look back at nine 11 and, and see it as an inflection point where I, you know, it, it wasn't that day. It wasn't even a month later, but I, as I look back, I, I can identify that as a pretty key event in my deciding that ultimately what, what became a, a divorce. Yeah. And uh, well, thank, yeah. thanks for sharing that. I, th I think, I think that is something that's certainly going to happen, right? People are, people are, yeah. uh, in this case, in a, in a way that they perhaps weren't with nine 11, people are literally locked up with, with their partners. And um, sometimes that's not going to look um, as as good as they perhaps thought it was, or was, were hiding from the fact that they could stay at work longer and all of that stuff. Suddenly, you're really facing the kind of quality of relationship you've got, right? Oh yeah. I was having a conversation with a friend, and and uh, he was he asked the question: Do you do you think there'll be more coronavirus babies or coronavirus divorces? And it's an interesting question, isn't it? Like, what is this? Is this going to draw you closer to the people you love, or is it going to make it more apparent that you know, you're, you're not really in the right situation? 
Yeah. And I, and I think that's going to be true across the board. I think, you know, we're, we're being asked to, um, spend time with people and connect with people in fundamentally different ways than we were before. And that's going to bring up stuff and it's going to be really interesting. Well, it, it, it could be, it, it could be couples breaking up, but it could also be, wow, my employer is doing some things that I don't think are ethical. I'm not sure I should be working here. Or, wow, my, my company is doing things that are really heroic. I am more committed to them than ever. And so how does that show up? And, 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 and you know, what, what part of your higher self are you honoring or failing to honor as you try to navigate this? Yeah, it's, it strikes me that it's definitely a time for leadership. And I'm not specifically talking about politicians, you know, vying for, you know, votes. I'm, I'm talking about... Uh, you know, people who lead their families and people who lead their businesses and, and finding a way. I think like for me that the, the big question as someone who, who drives marketing in a, in a podcast production company, what, what's an ethical way to, to build this thing? Because, because I've got to build a thing that, that I'm committed to that, that pays, pays my bills, but equally, you know, how can I, how can I do that? How can I continue to build awareness and presence for a podcast production company when actually, um, it, it's not what necessarily the world needs today more than toilet paper, toilet paper, <laughs> yeah, toilet paper and masks, you know, and, and, um, and yet, you know, I do what I do, you know, I'm not a doctor. If I was one, I would obviously be be doing that but i'm i'm a marketing guy at a at a podcast company who used to be a musician full-time who is who's now still playing music seriously but absolutely that's not going to happen in the immediate future so that's it you know how how do we drive our businesses uh, and th- and this go, goes to that question how are you going to get through this how do we continue to drive our businesses um in, in an ethical way where our clients and our employees do think do you know what the way that the way that Jeff navigated the the pandemic back in early 2020 showed me that he was the kind of person that I continue to want to hire and shows me that he's the kind of person uh, I continue to want to work for. How does that look? How are you going to show up in the ways that you're qualified, assuming that you're not a, what we call in the UK here, a key worker? I don't know if you have that phrase in the US. Essential, um, yeah, is the, it's a, yeah. The word in the U.S., same, yeah, same, same thing, yeah, right, exactly, same kind of idea, right? But I, I, um, so I think that for you and for me, there is this common thread. I feel like what people are looking for right now, more than anything, in this time of uncertainty, of fear, of discomfort, is meaning and connection. And I think that what you're creating with your clients, and you and I talked a little bit about who some of your clients are and what they're up to, to put something like that out there, these people who are serving from a really heartfelt place, that's going to give um, their audience, your audience, this sense of, of, of meaning and connection and, and purpose in a time that they might otherwise be suffering. And, and so to, 
to lessen another human being's suffering, if only just a little bit, I, I think that's about all we can ask right now. I mean, I'm not, you know, I, I, um, I'm looking at this as a time to establish deep connections with people. I'm not worried about people hiring me during this time. I know that, you know, budgets are tight. And I also know that when this turns around, um, there's going to be this pent up need. And if I can help someone now, um, that feels meaningful to me. And hopefully it's helping them get through this with a little less panic, with a little less fear, with a little more sense of grounding. And I have faith that uh, when the when the time comes, that will come back. That will come back to my business that will come back to the work that I do. And so I just, I just try to help people in any way that I can uh, and, and not worry about the rest of it. Yeah. I think it's a admirable point. And, uh, and I like it. I I think I hadn't articulated it in that way, but I think this, this podcast definitely comes from that. I still need to connect with people. I still need to speak with people. Um, I'm not looking for them to hire me. Um, now I'm, I'm not asking, f- you know, that whole kind of, you know, sometimes you've just got to ask for the sale. Well, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I think yeah. this week I'm not going to be asking for the sale. I think this week, next week and the week after that, people will uh, po- possibly approach me and, and I, I imagine, and I can see a few people uh, doing that as as part of you know because they want to do the the podcasting thing and they want my help coaching them through it. That's fine, but equally, this podcast totally comes from that space of just going. I want to. There's some people around me in my world, like you are a perfect example of of that, Jeff. You know, you're 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 in the group that that I'm in. Um, you know, life was very busy a month or so ago. We've always been meaning to connect to each other in the group personally, but actually, yeah, you know, I've, yeah. I've managed to try and create something that will last for years um, by, by doing this through a podcast and sharing our conversation and, and maybe coming back as, the, I think the nice thing about the podcasting thing is that it's a document uh, uh, and uh, like a historical document in time and and people will listen to this maybe in in i don't know maybe your son will listen to it in 10 years time you know and say like what was what was happening there and you'll be going oh yeah i did this i did this thing you can probably still download it you know like i think that's that's kind of it's just such a basic human need and suddenly we really we all realize that 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 we need it you know yeah yeah, it's because we, our our capacity to connect with each other um, on on so many levels has been taken away from us, and you know, so we're doing it through social media now. We're doing it through things like podcasts. We're doing it through Zoom conversations, but all we really want is authentic conversation and connection. And if a podcast, if listening to two other people have a meaningful conversation. Um, you know, that I, I love that even in ordinary times. And now I think it becomes an even more critical thing to just seek out these moments of authentic connection between people, because 
I don't necessarily have that in the same way that I had it even a month ago. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you, it's very easy to take for granted the level of connection that you get um, on a daily basis by having the freedom to um, travel around and and, and uh, just do do your thing, you know. So, so, um, so, kind of move, moving on from that. Uh, when we think about the clients that you are still serving and people you are still still working with. Watched, is there anything specific that's changed in the way other than, of course, doing everything remotely? Is there anything that you've seen them pivot without, oh, try not to use that word, but I'm going to use it. Uh, have you <laughs> pivot resilience? Um, have you, have you seen them? Have you, have you, have you been helping them uh, change the way they're working? Like what, what's going on there? Anything new? Yes, um, definitely. And I've been very fortunate. I haven't, um, I've not lost any clients during this. Uh, and I actually, I had one um, gentleman who uh, runs a, a company, um, you know, relatively small startup kind of in the healthcare world, you know, 60, 70 employees, something like that. And he just, we were up for renewal on April 1st and he decided to, even though you know, part of part of what we're doing is, you know, he's thinking about how do I keep my company healthy? How do I cut payroll? How do I potentially get rid of some people so that this company can continue to survive? And he said, you know, I can't, I can't ask the company to pay for this right now. But um, you know, if you're willing to discount a little bit, I'm willing to continue working with you and pay you out of my pocket. And um, and that was. Uh, I mean, just his his willingness to commit to that kind of work, um, and to see that it's actually a more important time than ever for that kind of work. Um, it was uh, it was really pretty pretty touching um, for me. Humbling, right? Uh, I yeah, and it, so you know, I'm gonna do my absolute best to um, help him in any way that I can. Um, I think, um, that question of, on the one hand, staying safe, protecting your employees, protecting your business model, protecting your customers, your clients, making sure you can survive this and balancing that with being bold, you know, what is the thing that you have been wanting to take on what is the thing that you think if you invest in this now you will have an advantage coming through this that maybe your competitors don't have or um you know maybe your closest competitor will go out of business I and mean, we don't we don't know but what we do know is the people who don't do anything who get frozen who you know who do that deer in the headlights kind of reaction, which is really, I mean, that's a safety mechanism that is programmed deep in us. It's hard to take action in a crisis like this when you're afraid. I mean, the word courage comes from the word heart. It is really about having the heart to take action even when you're afraid. 
And, and that is the thing that I feel like I'm working on the most with my clients right now is they, they fundamentally see some opportunity, some pivot, as you said, um, some path that they can go down to, uh, go down and they, and they're hesitant. They're a little scared. And and where do they find the, the courage and the wherewithal to, to take that step, not knowing how it's going to turn out, but, but feeling like it's the right thing to do. Yeah, it's quite some insight. What a great story, man, that someone would make the point of paying you out of their own pocket because they see that this is going to be a very unique time in, in their life and, and in, in the world. Yeah, congratulations. Well, and I was absolutely willing to, to meet him in that place. You know, I felt like we were both, we were both investing in our relationship because we wanted it to continue and we saw that we were doing good work together. Yeah, and, and the, the, it makes me think of, and I, I wish I could remember where, where, this, where this kind of whole thing came from and where I originally heard this, but it was around, you know, this whole, this whole thing of negotiation isn't actually that cool you know because it, it assumes that one person has has won uh, and and has right. got that and has got the better of someone else whereas actually when you're making a sale like that it needs to feel like you've both won and that feels like it sounds like obviously that client particularly wanted to um to invest because he saw the value or she saw the value in uh, uh, in, in what mm-hmm. you do and equally you're like you've taken that so personally that you know that you're going to serve them um you know probably with even more intent than you were before all this happened because because you see what they've done right 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 yeah and we're when you've had that conversation and made that decision together you're just more committed to the relationship than than you ever were yeah so um so when it comes to the world the world around you uh either it could be your inbox or it could be something local or anywhere in between is there anything anything you've seen since since this has all happened that surprised you um in a good good or bad way or otherwise the bad seems to continue no matter what you know the things that i was frustrated with before uh whether that's politically or world leadership wise or even local things you know they 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 seem to continue to frustrate me <laughs> um but I think the the really nice surprise has been in the the opportunities to slow down. Um, I had an opportunity Saturday. I, I've been a long time uh, meditator, and I attended an online meditation retreat on Saturday, and that would have never happened. And it, it would have been a teacher that I would not have had an opportunity to spend any time with. And they moved this thing from being a, a local weekend that was going to be um, in um, Montana, I think. And they made it, they opened it up, and it ended up being 130 people from all around the world who would have had great difficulty going to see this teacher in person. But because of this unique time we're in, um, you know, we all got to, to, 
meet virtually and meet online. And now I have a conversation with this teacher going via email. And it's, uh, I'm just so grateful for these really unusual opportunities that seem to be popping up in this virtual world. And I, and I do hope those continue. That's incredible. I wonder if for, for something so personal uh, and, and human, if you like, as a in-person meditation retreat, it's incredible that they've been able to move it online. I wonder if that will will continue after we're all allowed to go to Montana. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. And maybe it'll just be, oh, this is one um, one more channel that we hadn't really thought about, that we didn't necessarily think would work, but it actually turns out to work a lot better than we thought. My my wife um, is a yoga teacher and. Uh, you know, she teaches here locally. Those studios are closed. And um, she just decided, you know, she had a bunch of former students in the D.C. area. And um, she just sent out an email to a bunch of people and said, hey, I'm, I'm going to offer a yoga class online. And there's been, you know, 30 people coming to it, um, which is more than can fit into her yoga studio. Um, and, you know, people who haven't... Uh, a small number of people were local. Most of the people were people from far away who hadn't had a chance to connect with her in a while. This is the same kind of thing. It's like, oh, I get to, you know, my wife, Jen, she gets to connect with former students and they with her. And, and it's been a, a wonderful, wonderful thing to come out of this. And, and she thinks that might continue after all this stops. You know, she'll continue to offer online classes. Yeah, because they they're working way better than she thought they would. Yeah, teachers um, teachers are definitely having a a bit of a renaissance around what online looks like. I think I, to- I told a story of of my sister in a in another episode, who's a classic classroom teacher who's taking a break, and um, you know she just started taking on a few students locally, and it was very, you know. Um, time hungry shall we say around kind of driving around and seeing the yeah, kids sure. and, and and suddenly she's been forced into doing this stuff that I've been on at her for ages to do and, and she's had to <laughs> do it and now she's like oh this is great you know so um so yeah yeah so exactly the same same story you know it's it's brilliant um teaching Spanish to kids all over the UK rather than um rather than just within a few square miles that's yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, you, so, so I, I made a note to ask you a question because I know that I can tell that you're a deep thinker and someone who's always educating himself. And I, and I wonder, outside of the the meditation, um, is is there anything you're taking time to to read or to watch that that perhaps you wouldn't have had time to do before before this all happened? Hmm. I am doing, I'm trying to use this additional time and space as an opportunity to, um, go deeper rather than broader. So, you know, my own personal work, you you know, my own meditation practice, my own reading and learning and growing as a, as a coach. Um, I, uh, you know, it's interesting. Is there a, a reading list or something? Probably not. And, and, and frankly, probably most of your listeners, would, their eyes would glaze over if they saw some of the stuff I read. But 
you know, I, I tend to, to do a lot of work and study around, um, how people change and a lot of work around neuroscience, a lot of work around what's called somatics, which is the, the, the study of how our bodies actually react and process information in, in, in certain situations. And in a time like this, when, you know, our bodies can be feeling a lot of fear, just knowing some tips and tricks to, to help, to help someone through that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm continually looking to, to deepen that and, and to deepen that capacity to be with people in that way. Great answer. Well, I, I certainly wouldn't be adverse to you sending me a few uh, links to things that you may find particularly helpful. I won't put you on the spot now, but um, <laughs> but we'll put them in the show notes um, along with, of course, uh, your website for anyone who would like to establish a connection with you. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I- where can people find you, Jeff? Uh, so my website is jmunn.com. Um, you can reach out to me. And as far as social media, I tend to spend more time on LinkedIn than uh, Facebook. And I'm not even on like Instagram or Twitter. Sure. Um, I am in the process of, of putting together a group. And as you might imagine, the focus of the group has has changed somewhat uh, since all this coronavirus stuff came up. But, you know, if you're a, if you're a leader, if you have responsibility for a a number of employees or either your own business or a significant part of another business, and you're interested in interacting with um, other leaders. And, you know, I, I believe we, you know, the, the better a human being you are, the, the better a leader you make. And a lot of times there's, influences in the world um in the the things that we're exposed to every day that are designed to make us feel fearful or think in terms of scarcity and i just don't i don't think we do our best work from that place and if you'd like to be part of a a group of people who think similarly um you know reach out to me i'd I'd love to have a a conversation with you as i put this thing together perfect great well we'll make sure that all the links are up on the website jeff thanks so much for your time today i really really thank you toby it was really a pleasure yeah love listening to um what you had to say and um yeah good good luck with the group man it's uh it's not it's not an easy easy thing but it's it's definitely gonna be worth it and i know you're gonna curate something very valuable for people thank you thank you it was great talking with you thanks jeff This episode of Crisis Cast 2020 was produced by me in London and Kate Astrakhan in Michigan, with artwork by Ryan Field and sound design by Lee Turner. Crisis Cast 2020 is a production from Podcast Network Solutions, a full-service podcast production company who are ready to help you plan, record, produce, and promote your message with podcasting. To find out more and grab your copy of Podstar if you're feeling Pod curious, visit us at podcastnetworksolutions.com. <laughs>